Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It's time for our latest spoiler-filled movie review here on the All-American Spook Show Podcast. We take a deep dive into what makes each movie good or bad. Stick around at the end. Donnie has connections linking each movie to past episodes. Will gives the official kill. Professor Smoke gives his gore score. And of course, we all give our star ratings. As they say, on with the show. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined here with Will, hey, hey. Donnie, hey. and the Professor Smoke. Up. And we are here to celebrate Valentine's Day with uh, one of Smoke's favorite, uh, more current cult classics, I guess if you want to call it that, <laughs> from 2001, Valentine. Now this is the one that won our Patreon poll for the month of January, so... Uh, we just wanted to go ahead and uh, pay this one off real quick. We'll see what all of our thoughts are on this one. I think this is going to be an interesting episode, and we're going to approach things a little differently a little bit later on. It's going to be more of a roundtable discussion uh, about this movie, so you, you, I, hopefully you'll notice the difference, and you know we're just trying to change it up a little bit. Uh, but before we get into it, I'll go ahead and throw to the usual information. You can contact us you know, through email. You can send it to uh, allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can reach us and DM us on Twitter. Uh, at AA Spook Show. Of course, we're over on Facebook, Instagram, the Slasher app, app, TikTok. You can you should be able to find us on all of those by searching for All American Spook Show or just look in the link tree uh, link down in the show notes of this episode, and you'll find that you know all that should be there. Of course, we have our YouTube channel. Once again, just search for All American Spook Show. Every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. East, we do Deadline Horror News live where we go through the latest uh horror headlines and whatever else is you know going on box office numbers all that jazz so you want to check that out every wednesday night at 9 p.m east uh will you've never probably actually watched it yourself since uh you're never there so you, you probably don't know what that's about do you I do something else besides this <laughs> <laughs> i thought this was the only time we congregated you never Just called it. me <laughs> Are y'all hanging out without me? Oh, God. You know what? I'm, I might have inadvertently let the cat out of the bag here. <laughs> but, yeah, that's every Wednesday. Good signs of bitches. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's every Wednesday night over on our YouTube channel, 9 p.m. East. And, of course, go over to our Tee Public page where you can get logoed merchandise, other cool designs and stuff we have there. Hopefully, we'll be putting some new stuff up on there soon. But you can get uh, shirts and um tank tops and masks and mugs and all kinds of other random stuff over there. So you want to check that out. And, of course, the... The big attraction is our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. Over there, we, we do every Tuesday, we have video minisodes where that the main event there is the Library of the Professor where Smoke takes something from his vast library and picks, a, you know, picks something out of there, VHS, LaserDisc, CED, whatever the hell he's got back there. And we talk about it. He ranks them, you know, all that. So it's always a good fun time every Tuesday night or at some point during Tuesday, those are, uh, videos are released over on Patreon. And uh, each month we're doing new bonus podcast episodes. We have the Spook Show Rewind, which we actually debuted here on the main podcast feed last month. Um, but mm. now that's that's moving over to uh, Patreon to be. That's the only place you can hear that. So it's where we go back through the 
the Spook Show archives and kind of revisit the uh, early episodes where Donnie wasn't on there, and he can give his his ratings and kind of add some new twists to the uh, to some information, kind of updated information and stuff like that. So th- those are a lot of fun. You can get those exclusively over on Patreon. And another Patreon exclusive, which we haven't started just yet, but we're, we're getting close. It'll either be sometime this month or definitely by March. We're going to be starting Craps for Peace Theater, where basically the, it's, the, the, the explanation is in the title. It's going to be just a crap movie, worst of the worst. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to kind of watch some stuff. and not necess- I mean, it can be horror, right, for Craps for Peace. It can be any genre, but it's just going to be horrible. Like the worst of the worst, and everybody knows it going in that this is going to be god-awful. And then we kind of give our two cents and just have a lot of fun with it. So that'll be starting up pretty soon over on Patreon. And then, of course, our new uh, series that's going to be here on the main podcast feed starting next week, as a matter of fact, Cult, mm-hmm. Cult Corner, where basically the whole premise there is we're going to be talking about cult movies, but non-horror related. So um, uh, the first example is next week, which won the poll. We're going to be watching The Warriors from 1979. So you want to uh, come back next week to check that out. So it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of dip our toes in the other end of the pool, which we've only done a couple of times here on the spook show in the past, you know, where it was basically a straight up, not a horror movie that we were talking about. I think never too young to die. Right. And then I guess you could say what kiss meets the phantom of the park. Right. I mean, that's not necessarily a a horror at all. So (laughs) I guess there's horror theme to it. Right. Smoke, but it's not necessarily a horror movie. Yeah. I think, I think it originally aired on NBC on Halloween night and you know it had the little fun house thing in there but that's really the only four elements i can think of but so yeah the point is that we've only dipped our toes in at least two or three times on something that wasn't directly horror related so that's going to be something new that we're going to be introducing next week so you, you want to make sure you hang around for that so but yeah uh, all the other stuff uh patreon.com slash a spook show and all the other uh, links you should be able to find down on our link tree link down at the bottom in the show notes there so uh i guess uh, without any further build up i'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for Valentine from 2001. He loves me. Spend this Valentine's Day. He loves me not. With someone you love. He loves me. Someone you trust. He loves me not. And someone you know. He loves me. Won't try to kill you. Will you dance with me? Dance with me? Dance with me? Dance with me? Remember the kid everybody ignored on Valentine's Day? Loser. Well, he remembers you. God, we were so horrible to that kid. What do you think happened to him? All right, so there's the trailer for Valentine for 2001. Uh, so before we get into the uh, background information here, I'll just go ahead and offer up that we are a spoiler-filled podcast. So, you know, if this is the first time you're listening to us, I don't know why you jump on board with the Valentine episode, but <laughs> if this is the one that you decided that you're going to jump on board, then we just want to let you know that once we start talking about the movie here in just a second, 
and uh, you know have our little discussion afterwards and everything, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So if you have not seen the movie and you care to go see the movie, you probably want to hit pause now. Go check the movie out. Um, as we're recording this here in the month of February 2022, it is available over on Shutter. So if you feel like you know going over there and checking it out, uh, feel free to do so, and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. But you know, fair warning from here on out, there'll probably be spoilers. So we'll get into some of the little, a little bit of the background information that we have uh, pulled up here. Now, I actually found a couple of different titles for this movie in some of my research. There were two working titles for it, which is weird. Usually, there's only one working title for any movie. You know, like famously, like I think what Star Wars was called Blue Harvest or something while they were working on it, and then. Uh, I think we've talked about that before where, you know, they'll change the name of it for, you know, various reasons. Maybe not to tip off what they're doing or whatever. Um, but there were two working titles for this. The first one was Love Hurts, and then the other one was Valentine's Day. So I guess either one of those would work just as well <laughs> as Valentine, right? <laughs> no no better, no worse. But the, Ger- the German title, which I'm not even going to try to say what the actual German title was... But the translation of the title is Scream If You Can. So uh, apparently it had a completely different uh, title there. You know, it was just in German. I don't feel like it pertains, but it would have been a lot better uh, name of the movie. I'm guessing it must have been too close to Scream. You know, the Scream franchise, which would have been going pretty strong at this point, right, in 2001. So, Or maybe that's just like whatever, the Germans just called it whatever the hell they wanted to call it. And <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't really mean anything to the movie itself, who knows. It was released February 2nd, 2001 by Village Roadshow Pictures, MPV Entertainment, and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. It was rated R. The total runtime was 1 hour, 36 minutes. And on IMDb, it's listed as a horror slash mystery slash thriller um and it is loosely based on the valentine novel by tom savage it's a novel of the same name um and it was filmed july 10th through september 8th of 2000 so basically the summer of 2000 up in uh the vancouver canada area a couple of different spots around there um now i saw two different budgets for this movie one i saw was 10 million dollars and then another budget I saw was $29 million. Now, Donnie, you mentioned something a little earlier before we got online here about that. Yeah, um, uh, I, had, uh, I had read that this was, the, this was a, a movie that got a Super Bowl ad. And just so happens, the cheapest movie with the, or the movie, with, fuck it, it had $10 million <laughs> budget. I don't know how the fuck you say that, but it got a Super Bowl ad for some reason. The, most, the lowest budget movie to have a Super Bowl ad. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even at this point, like, Super Bowl ads were probably, I mean, they've always been expensive. Or I'd say probably, what, at least since the 80s, they've probably been 70s or 80s. They've always been very expensive to have a Super Bowl ad. But especially mm. by the time you're getting into 2001, that would not have been a cheap spot. I'd say at least a million, right? Even even for that time, it would have been quite yeah. a bit. Uh, but you, you can see why they would have done it, because, you know, this movie came out February 2nd. I don't know when the Super Bowl was played, but it was probably only, what, that year maybe a week or so before this, because that's usually around the time that the Super Bowl is played. But that is interesting. And, it, and once again, like you said, it, it kind of flies, though, into the two reported budgets that I saw, because one, uh, a couple places I saw that it was a $10 million budget, you know, and it made pretty good money considering that. But then in other places, I saw that it had a $29 million budget. So maybe that budget is factoring in the Super Bowl ad and all the other advertising shit they did for it. I don't know. And really, I don't care that much to go any further with it. But <laughs> there, there we are. The worldwide gross for this movie, though, was $36.6 million. So, you know, not 
you know, spectacular money, but not horrible either. I guess it's surprising that it never spawned a uh, sequel, considering that, you know, especially for the time period where a lot of these companies it seemed like they were sequel happy. Well, not that not to kind of give away the ending already, but the, the survivors aren't anybody really of, of note in Hollywood. Hmm. So that, I would say that's probably a big reason. Yeah. You know, if Denise Richards would have been at that time. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> at, that, at that time. Yeah. A survivor girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, I'm not going to go through the whole box office report, but I'll go through the, the top five here for that particular weekend, which was the weekend of February 2nd through the 4th, 2001, when this came out. Number five was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Number four, Save the Last Dance, one of Will's favorites. Number three, Castaway. Uh, that had already been out for seven weeks. Number two, Valentine. It opened with a little over $10 million that weekend. And then number one, a dry spot for horror that year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably was. I mean, it's February, so that's always an iffy release calendar, especially for horror, right? But then number one was The Wedding Planner in the second week. But just a quick glance down through the rest of that weekend, I'm really not seeing much horror. I see, was Shadow of the Vampire? Was that? A, I mean, it sounds like a horror movie. I guess that was a horror movie, right? I'm not recalling yeah. it. That that's, was yeah. That's what we need to get to on the show, maybe on the cold corner, at some other point with a uh, Willem Dafoe playing the. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. I remember that. Yep, yep. Uh, that had been out for six weeks at the time, so that, there wasn't. Back to your point, there really wasn't a lot at this point. It looks like Dracula 2000 was still floating around in uh, a handful of theaters at that time. So, yeah, you would have been pretty thirsty for some uh, uh, some horror at that point. But I, I do recall myself. Going and seeing this movie in the movie theater, uh, well, unfortunately, I guess I should say, <laughs> I was one of the ones. I don't, I don't remember seeing it opening weekend. I could have. I don't remember when I saw it, but I do remember seeing it in the theater. Were you still working at a movie theater at that time? Did you happen to see it for free? I wish I could Look, say. Man, it. I wish I could just say trying to find that. an excuse for you. Like I said, I must, <laughs> I must have been one of those people thirsty for horror at that time. That's all I can think of because I'm pretty sure I was not working in movie theaters anymore at this point. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed to say. I feel I should mention the uh, the soundtrack for this movie. I don't know if you guys really took a good gander at the soundtrack for Valentine, um, but it had some uh, well-known names on the soundtrack. Rob Zombie, Disturbed, Static X, Linkin Park, Deftones, Marilyn Manson, Orgy, Soulfly, a handful of others. But yeah, I mean, like, especially... and Now, just hearing the name of those bands, does it surprise you at all that a movie that came out in February of 2001... <laughs> Had all those bands on it. Like it seems like every other damn soundtrack of that time. Yeah, we, we've we've discussed this before. I think with uh, House of Wax and uh, you yeah. know, various other movies. <laughs> yeah. Right in that that wheelhouse of that era. You know. I figure uh, a lot of people that are fans of heavy metal and hard rock of the you know late '90s and early 2000s probably would have bought this album back then, and may or may not have been fans of this movie. You know, either way. So it was worth mentioning because of that. It was released on DVD and VHS. So they were still releasing the VHS at this time on July 24th, 2001. Now, Smoke, you would know more than that. When did they stop, like, the big productions, like, being released on VHS? I'm pretty sure it was, well, I know the movie. I'm pretty sure it was 2007. It was a History of Violence. That Cronenberg film was the last uh, VHS release. I want to say 2007. I really didn't think it had survived, you know, even two thousand, you know, this time period, two thousand one. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised that it lasted that long. But, but it finally got a Blu-ray release just a couple, just what, uh, three years ago. 
It came out on Scream Factory, released it on Blu-ray February 12th, 2019. A couple of random notes that I found here. Now, Warner Brothers, they're actually, apparently, the original version of this movie, it was more violent. Um, Warner Brothers had them cut violence due to the political climate at the time. I guess mm. they, just, they just didn't feel that it was going to fly, so they kind of made them mm. tone it back. It wasn't because of the rating either. Like, apparently, that original cut got, a, got an R rating. Apparently, in the years since, there have been a rumors of a director's cut but apparently Warner Brothers has no interest in doing that. So. Don't blame them. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. Like those purists and stuff, dude. They'd love to see that, you know. Like, mm. and I wouldn't mind seeing a more violent cut of it, at least, you know, at least once, just to see mm. if it makes it any any uh, worse or better. Right? It'd be interesting. So, mm. um, at the least. But yeah, that, that's always a thing. Whenever you know, for a horror movie that's short on story, to have a decent amount of gore can make up for it but like you said with the political climate of the time that's a good yeah. point some outfit, yeah. that's a good point I remember, um, I remember you saying something like that at some point when we were talking about a movie probably house of well maybe not house of wax it did say what you will about house of wax it was more gory than this and at least in certain parts right but there was some movie that was similar to this that we were watching and you said kind of the same thing we're like man if a movie if the story kind of sucks you got to make up for it in gore you know and then i actually I, had I can't remember exactly what that movie was, but yeah, I, I had that in my it. I had that in my mind as I was sitting there watching it. And I'm like, man, you know, if this was just more gory, I could find something to latch onto, you know, and I might enjoy it a little bit more. But yeah, director Jamie Blanks, <laughs> he said in an interview once, I, I'm not, I didn't pull where the interview was from, but he said yeah. his quote was, "Forgive me for Valentine. A lot of people give me grief for that, but we did our best." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So even even he has uh, you know some regrets. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is you know, I'm not we're not we're uh, not hiding the cards too well to say that this movie is not universally loved, and uh, that's a good enough time to introduce the the pure numbers from the critic aggregators. IMDb gives it a 4.9 out of 10 stars. So that's actually probably doing it a little bit of a favor. Although that is more of an audience score over there, you know, with those star ratings, because everybody can do that. But on Metacritic, the meta score is 18, and that's out of 100. So <laughs> that should tell you a little bit there. And even better, Rotten Tomatoes, currently, as we speak, the tomato meter sits at 12%, mm. and the audience score sits at 33%. Yeah. Oof. Um, something I did uh, uh, kind of read that, you know, Jamie Blanks was not the, well, I guess, you know, ultimately, yes, he did, he did take it, but... Uh, this was actually the cast was different and the director was different. Yeah. So like everything had been completely, you know, changed over, I guess, as it passed through uh, to a different uh, production company. Yeah. Cause I saw something where like the, apparently the original script had like a completely different tone and was supposed to be uh, set on a college campus. Um, yep. Some of the names that were, I guess, originally attached to it were Jennifer Love Hewitt. Tara uh, Reed. Yeah, Tara Reed, and there was a couple others. But, like, apparently uh, Richard Kelly was originally offered the chance to mm -hmm. direct it. That was, the, that was the director, I guess, that was originally attached. But he turned it down to go work on his own movie that turned out to be Donnie Darko. So mm. that guy would have, I guess, you know, originally done this. And, like you said, Jamie Blanks got a hold of it and... This really sounds like it's one of those, you know, it, the more you read into the background, and and honestly, this proves out, I think, when you sit down and watch it, it feels like one of those too many cooks in the kitchen type movies to me. Mm -hmm. Like, too many yeah. people changing shit, you know, no true uh, creative head and everything, and then this is kind of what what kind of, this is the baby that's created in this <laughs> unholy marriage. 
Um, <laughs> but as we spoke, it was directed by uh, Jamie Blanks, who would be best known for uh, actually as a com- uh, he was a composer in Crawl Space, you know, the movie that came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also directed Urban Legend. Now, I think that's kind of the movie that got him this. Because, you know, I think that one had been somewhat successful, you know, for the time. And then, you know, he eventually did this. And, um, but yeah, a lot of his credits and stuff are, are just like, honestly, he's got 23 composing credits and only six directing credits. Because he only directed two other movies after this. So, um, yeah, so I guess he kind of moved into a different field in the movie making industry there. But like I said, it was loosely based on Tom Savage's uh, novel of the same name. And the screenplay has uh, four screenwriters attached donna powers wayne powers gretchen j berg and aaron harberts now if i recall that's because like one or two of those had started had done the original draft and then these other ones come along and made it what it was so i guess they gave them all credits uh it stars denise richards as Paige prescott denise richards is a you know recognizable face especially from that time period she would best be known for the uh, 007 movie the world is not enough she was in starship troopers uh, everybody remembers at least a couple of particular scenes from that movie, Wild Things, right? <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, I'd say most guys of that time period, if you don't remember her from anything else, it's going to be that damn movie, Wild Things. Uh, she was in Love Actually. Wasn't she married like Charlie Sheen during the crazy years or something like that? It wouldn't. Yeah. But it also stars David Boreanaz as Adam Carr. Now he's really the probably the main thing you're going to uh, recognize him from is he played Angel uh, in his own series, Angel, and in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know those popular. Uh, what network did those come on back then? Was that the WB or uh, it was before it was CW? So it was like either the WB or UPN or something like that back in those days. Do, do y'all recall? Oh, UPN! Damn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> P- pulling out the deep cuts. <laughs> uh, and of course, he was in that show that was on Fox Forever for like over a decade. Bones. Mm. Um, so most of his success has been on television. But even at this time, though. He was hot off the hills of being on Buffy and Angel and everything, so he was a little bit of a hot commodity at the time. Uh, Marley Shelton plays Kate Davies. Uh, she's been in a handful of uh, these, you know, movies that would be recognizable to our, you know, audience. Uh, she was in Grindhouse. Remember the uh, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino team up. She was in Pla- she was in Planet Terror and Death Proof. She was in both those movies that was in. Uh, that were in Grindhouse. Most recently, she was in the new Scream movie. Jessica Capshaw as Dorothy. She would mostly be known from this and a movie. This looks well. This is a Netflix movie. It's called Holiday. Uh, she had a role on Grey's Anatomy, I guess, all, off and on for years. There, she was in the film Minority Report with Tom Cruise. Oh wow, yeah, she's been on a shit ton of episodes of Grey's Anatomy, so she must be one of the main. I've never mm-hmm. watched the show, so I can't say, but main ladies there. And uh, let's see, we've got Jessica Coffel. As Lily Voigt, it's a, I'd say honestly, it's somewhat of a brief role in this movie. I think she's like one of the first ones to uh, catch it there <laughs> toward the beginning. <laughs> but she'll be known for this and Legally Blonde, uh, that god awful movie White Chicks with the Wayans brothers in it. Um, the World's Fastest Indian. That uh, apparently she was in some of the Drew Carey show back in the early 2000s. So another recognizable face. And I guess we'll kind of wrap it up here with Catherine Heigl. Shelly Fisher. Now, that's a very brief role, even more so than uh, the last one we just spoke about, because she uh, is only in it at, like, what, the first 10 minutes or so, something like that? Yep. 15 minutes. Uh, she would be known for uh, uh, films One for the Money, Knocked Up, that one with Seth Rogen, The Ugly mm-hmm. Truth. She was also in uh, Grey's Anatomy for a long time. I think that was early on in the Grey's Anatomy run, and then she, you know, left to go do movies and stuff. But, uh, yeah, she's still active today, you know, just... Random roles and stuff, just uh, 
a lot of a lot of pretty pretty faces in this movie, <laughs> and she's just another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much the casting and everything, and just the way this movie set up is very much of the time. Would you not agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely, no, no doubt. Soundtrack, <laughs> cinematography, all that. Yeah. yeah, I was reading where um, uh, Denise Richards was actually cast in the movie, did not even audition. But uh, they're just like, oh, big tits. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would imagine at this time she's probably a big enough name, even in 2001, right? To where like, oh, oh, you'll do it, awesome, you know. <laughs> well, also, <laughs> uh, kind of for context, her page was um, uh, also when I mentioned the the previous uh, production company, previous cast, uh, Paige was also set to be played by um, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. So kind of, you know, you can kind of see the you know, the assets of both. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the same stable of actresses and actors and stuff too, that like were in a lot of this stuff in the late nineties and early two thousands. Like, you know. yeah, you don't want to typecast. You want to say typecast, but you know, you're, you, it's kind of like association. Yeah. And it really was like that at that time. I mean, I, I don't think I'm, uh, you know, wrong in saying that. Like, it just felt like a lot of the movies and TV shows and stuff of the late nineties, early two thousands was like the same, 20 or 30 people just getting rotated in and, in and out of these things, right? Yep. Yep. So I guess that's all I had as far as like background stuff and all that. Was there anything else uh, you guys saw that you wanted to point out before we get into the movie? Jamie Blanks, the uh, the director who, yeah, well, directed it. Um, <laughs> he had, uh, was it, he, when he first got the script, he initially passed on it because um, it was, he thought it was uh, a remake of My Bloody Valentine, hmm. which was also in the, uh, the remake, uh, was it 2009 or so, uh, was also in this poll for uh, our Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. So uh just so happened to be, to be that. But, you know, he initially passed on it. And he ultimately uh, ended up, you know, taking it, directing it. Uh, but was it like eight years after this was released, um, they made a, you know, the remake of My Blood of Valentine. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, interesting uh, uh, connection. On a, another note, right here, Patreons, take note of that would have been a much better choice. But, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The management of this drive in theater is happy to announce you can enjoy your favorite form of movie entertainment regardless of rain. No longer will it be necessary to let rain spoil your fun. Now you can keep your windshield clear and dry with a drizzle guard. Simply attach it to your windshield, and in a jiffy, you're enjoying the movie without constantly running your windshield wipers. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I went over to Audible, and I typed in Valentine's Horror, and a handful of things came up. Uh, let's see, i skipped through it here. We've got Dark Valentine, Holiday Flash Fiction Anthology by a number of authors there uh that's uh four hours long apparently that's the book two of the holiday horror collection here we go vengeance for my valentine five seasons of night by adam j whitlatch and that one's uh, almost eight hours long let's see one more we got the last girl standing by lc valentine okay so that i guess that's a horror by someone named lc valentine <laughs> uh, but that's from the last girl standing book one series and that one's a little over 10 hours long, so that's uh, longer than the others. But uh, but you get the point. A uh, number of uh, podcasts and other things that you can listen to over on Audible. So if uh, any of that stuff interests you or you'd like to go check it out for yourself and to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, 
That's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. So now it's time to get into the movie itself. Now I'm just going to read off like a spoiler-filled version of the movie. Something I kind of basically put together myself to kind of explain the movie from beginning to end. I'm going to read through it and then we're going to have a little roundtable discussion about it. So um, the movie starts, it's Valentine's Day 1988 and at a school dance... The, uh, the resident geek, Jeremy Melton, is rejected by uh, four girls, Shelly, Lily, and Paige. And the fourth girl, Kate, now she she doesn't, you know, he asks all these girls to dance. She doesn't dance with him, but uh, she kind of lets him down nicely. Um, but then Dorothy, uh, he goes to Dorothy, the, the fifth girl, and she agrees. And then they instantly just end up going and making out underneath the uh, the bleachers there in the gym. Then a group of bullies come along, catches them. Dorothy says that Jeremy attacked her. This causes them to, like, basically just beat the shit out of him and strip his clothes off <laughs> right there in, t- in front of the entire school in the, in the uh, school dance. So, of course, that's horrible and he's humiliated. Flash forward to 2001. We meet the five girls. They're all in their 20s now, and they're trying to sort out their love lives and stuff with Valentine's Day coming up. So, after a date with a loser, Shelly, who is now a pre-med student, is murdered as she uh, is spooked out, like in a, I guess she's like a pre-med student working in a morgue. So, like, you know, she knows somebody's chasing her or whatever, so she goes and hides in a body bag. And then this guy wearing a cherub, <laughs> a cherub mask, uh, in like a, what, like a trench coat or something, whatever kind of coat that is, comes up and uh, basically just uh, stabs her. Or no, he, he slits her throat, right? And then, like, the blood leaks out in the little pan that's up underneath <laughs> it or whatever. Um, this is right after she had got like a death threat Valentine card too. Like roses are red. I'm going to kill you. Whatever the fuck it says. Um, (laughs) at her funeral, they all start receiving threatening cards and messages and stuff. And then like the detective comes up at the funeral and, and, uh, ask some questions and stuff. At first they don't know who would want to hurt them, but eventually they figure out that maybe this kid, Jeremy Melton from when they were middle school might be responsible because the cards are signed JM, right? Police records show that Jeremy has completely disappeared, so no one knows what he looks like, even. So then you just get a a string of kills here from basically this point forward and toward the end of the movie. Lily is killed with bow and arrows at an art exhibit. Dorothy admits to lying about Jeremy during this time. And then uh, the killer comes along, the cherub mask killer, and kills... uh, Was Shelly... No, it wasn't Shelly. It was... uh, I'm thinking... The guy that was the neighbor that was putting on the stockings. Who's... uh, neighbor was he i'm blanking but for some reason the killer comes in and uh kills that guy with an iron then he kills dorothy's boyfriend campbell with an axe like straight to the back kills his ex-girlfriend ruthie on shower glass like busts a shower and then sticks her head on the uh, glass and she's dead uh then he electrocutes Paige in a hot tub and then there's an off-screen decapitation of the detective detective vaughn kate now thinks that her boyfriend adam is the killer so she kind of runs around from him and he chases her around. He's not really chasing her around, but he's just kind of like coming toward her and everything. And every time she'd kick him in the nuts or smack him upside the head with a glass bottle or some shit to take him down. Then eventually she runs into the cherub mask killer. They fall down the steps. Then as soon as it uh, the, the mask wearer sits up, Adam comes along with a handgun, shoots and kills, you know, like pops him like four or five times in the chest, shoots and kills the mask wearer. And then they take the mask off and it's revealed as Dorothy. And then, as they hug, Adam's nose starts to bleed. Now, that's another calling card that I forgot to fail to mention in the description of the movie, is that every time the killer would show up and kill somebody or whatever was going on, like, there would be a little trail of blood coming out of the mask, you know, coming out of the nose of the mask. 
So at the very end of the movie, they're hugging, and then Adam's nose starts to bleed. Credit. So there you go. That's that's the uh, fast explanation of Valentine. So guys, what'd you think? Uh, we'll get into the star rings and everything here after we have our little discussion about it. So uh, really, what what do you want to uh, get into first? I mean, like <laughs> I guess we can just talk about the mask, right? Like. <laughs> What what the hell what the hell did you think of this mask? Oh man, that uh, that mask uh, was it. You talked about <laughs> well, shit. I don't know if we can actually <laughs> what, mention this. What one of my uh, one, of sure. our, one of our so, mutual acquaintance friends yeah. kind, of, kind of looking like this mask. Yeah. <laughs> so after I told Shut you that up, Valentine, <laughs> I thought about that. The so after I, yeah, I was about to say I shouldn't have told you that before you watched the movie because like. <laughs> Uh, you know, stop. I haven't I haven't even met this mutual friend of y'all's, but I was even thinking that yeah. when I saw the mask. I'm like, oh, this yeah. must be what it is. I'm not gonna mention him by name on air because you know. Yeah, yeah, well. But yeah, I was oh, it, this if, must be what he looks like. Now. If he listens to this, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as we need to go with that. But yeah, like I, I don't know if this is an effective mask or not. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not a horrible mask in the sense of like we've seen some you know pretty bad ones you know watching horror movies and stuff but i don't know there's nothing special about it either right like you, you don't see people running around in valentine mask at uh uh, uh halloween parties and stuff like that right nope no no this one didn't take off like uh you know i like michael myers or some shit <laughs> yeah i'm guessing at this point uh you know you've had the scream mask you've had michael myers mask you got the hockey mask for Jason, I guess at this point they were running out of masks and, and they went through, I'm guessing, a Halloween store. and was like, hey, that'll work. <laughs> now, they actually paid money for somebody somebody to design it. I did read it. I don't, I don't have the exact, uh, um, you know, snippet. But, yeah, they, they, they paid money for someone to design this. So, uh, yeah, that was a travesty. If that's the best I can come up with, I'm in the wrong line of work. <laughs> right. I'm guessing it's supposed, I guess it's supposed to be Cupid, right? Like a adult version? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Red like a cherub, you know, like a little angel, you know, kind of deal, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess it's effective that way. Like, it almost looks like, a, a, like you know, some old, like, 200-year-old drawing of an angel or something, you know? Like, you'll see some little cute little chubby angel with wings, you know, floating in the heavens and... Someone posing, you know, like yeah. some old Mike, Michelangelo type shit. <laughs> as far as the picture of the two, the two hands reaching out and touching. Yeah, 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 like like that. Yeah, but like <laughs> as, as far as making that the uh, focal point of a horror movie, I don't know, man. Like it's <laughs> a little bit of a reach. Um, <laughs> this will be scary. No, no, never won't. <laughs> cop, the cop showing up at the funeral. Uh, yeah, why does that? Why is that? Is that a thing? <laughs> All right, look, I've never had a friend die, and, and I've had to go to a funeral and was under suspicious uh, causes. But I've seen plenty of movies. Yes, it happens every single yeah. time. I've co- <laughs> Thanks to movies, I've come to expect it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, like you said, I don't go to a lot of suspicious death funerals, but if I do, I'm going to be looking around for the detective because like, it, it definitely seems like a, a, a little... Uh, what do they call that? A MacGuffin or something? In every in uh, red herring. Red or, herring. Maybe that's what, how, whatever the terminology is. That definitely yeah, seems like MacGuffin. Something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, like in, in a lot of uh, more, well, not even just horror, just like in just uh, cliche, a, a, a I guess. thriller, horror, action movies, whatever. Yeah, it's definitely become like a thing. <laughs> that that neighbor that I mentioned. 
So the guy goes and like steals some of her clothes or something, right? And then the why does the killer like number one like who who the fuck is this guy? Why should we care? Frankly, that's the question about any of these people in this movie, right? Like, I'm sit- <laughs> I'm sitting there like I- all these people are pieces of shit. Like they should all die. Like <laughs> you almost feel like this guy is completely right, right? <laughs> Not just that weirdo neighbor. Yeah, no, no. Like, like one of the things that I that I noticed, like, like watching the entire movie, like most of the women in this movie are generally just mean people that you don't mind seeing die, and every guy in this movie is a douche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much everybody, uh, uh, other than what was the na- the main girl? Her name was Kate, right? Uh, I believe. Uh, let me f- pull it up just so I got the right. Yeah, it was Kate, the the, the final girl, right? Um, she's really the only one that had mm-hmm. any type of redeeming qualities to her. Almost every other human being in this movie was a piece of shit. She's the <laughs> only one that, like, well, you know, she seems all right. And, and even the... Now, that's, I guess that naturally leads to the other question. Dorothy, you know, the, uh, the, the girl that was the chubby chick that actually danced with him or, or, you know, made out with him or whatever at the beginning. Now, at the end, do you think she was complicit? Or do you think he just put that on her... And then they fell down the steps, and then he comes out with the handgun and shoots her. Like, what do you think there? Like, was she in on the gag, or was she just another pawn in the game? And mm. he- uh, <laughs> I think, it, I, honestly, for me, I think it's just the movie trying to, like, uh-huh, see, we got you, didn't we, you know? It's not, not who you thought it was. Swerve, <laughs> swerve I don't, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily... <laughs> yeah, I think it was just, like, I, I, I would agree with Smoke. Like, um, yeah, it's just the movie trying to, like, yeah. Trying to be smart, trying to be clever, and they're just like, well, okay. And there's like when they, uh, you know, when they when they un unmasked, you know, the the killer. You're just like, well, okay, but you don't really care because she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh well, she at least got hers. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care because you know. I, like I said, I don't think you cared about any of these people. No. The, I mean, the final survivor, like I said, was Kate and uh, Adam. And even Adam, you're like, well, he's a douche. You know, like, he's a fucking drunk ass. Yeah. So you didn't care whether he survived or not. Oh, he's got a nosebleed. Okay, yeah, he's fu- he fucking did it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, now, I did see something that, that reminded me, you know, just talking about that. I think I saw something briefly that apparently there was a deleted scene somewhere where I guess, like, Adam, I assume, would have grabbed a hold of her and put the whole bit on her, right? Because if you go back and watch the end of that movie, like, she doesn't really attack her she doesn't engage kate kate like opens up a door and then all of a sudden there's somebody wearing that cherub outfit right then she kind of like goes for her then they grab each other and struggle and then roll down the steps and then as soon as she sets up adam walks around the corner pat 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 she's dead right so like that scene being cut out would have completely explained that like you know that he was the killer, so I guess that's why they, you know, they took it out. But I feel like if she wasn't in on it, why didn't she say anything when the when the other girl yeah, was like, fighting? It, her? It's not like they took the mask off <laughs> and her mouth was taped, you know. Right, right. Mm. That would have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> so that's where they leave. I guess that's the swerve, right? You know, that's the hmm, the, the end with a question mark. It, but also <laughs> before that happened, like she was screaming at her, you know, at her friend, just like, "Oh, you guys are bitches," you know, and yeah. then uh, went up the stairs. You're just jealous that like, I, I've got some good dick in now. And then <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, ultimately, you come to the conclusion like you don't, you don't give a shit. 
mm-hmm. about any any of these people enough to really care whether they live or die. You know, at least that's kind of the way I felt about it. Then there's the whole question. Hey. Then there's the whole question of the dialogue in this movie, right? <laughs> what a pile of shit. <laughs> You know what? Maybe it was it was written better in the script, but the delivery of it was horseshit. I was just like, okay, yeah, you're not you're not selling me. The best you're not selling me. Yeah, like the best example of this is what I sent y'all in our little message group that we do. You know, when we're talking about what we're going to be talking about and everything that the the weirdo neighbor next door, Gary, who gets it with the iron. um, The the quotes are, "You look great, Kate. How about a date, Kate? You could be my mate, Kate." And then she says, "You're scary, Gary." And then he says, this could be our fate, Kate. What the fuck? You know, what is this? What is this shit? I'm sure they trimmed that down because it probably went on to say, well, you, you'll never find out if I'm Harry. Uh, Gary. Gary. <laughs> I guess. You, I guess no, you, no, that was something that, stuff that got left on the cutting room floor, I guess. Right? <laughs> I guess you'll never know. You have to go masturbate. <laughs> Man. Kate? Yeah. <laughs> Just bad. Just all bad. <laughs> and this isn't the only time, right? And then that just goes in the show, like, w- once again, what we were saying about, or what I said earlier about too many cooks in the kitchen, you know? I think this is like where you've got two or three people working on one script, and then another, you know, one or two people come in to, to change that script, and then nobody knows what's up and down anymore, and then different directors and everything, and this, and that kind of vapid, horrible writing is what you get, to be honest with you. Yes, well, you know, this was a first watch for me. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, Smoke had watched this uh previously and um you know it's my opinion he was right you know the first time he's like please (laughs) let's not do valentine but it it wasn't up to us it was up to uh you know those the voters uh but yeah he smoke was right on this one we've got the wrong kind of people voting on these polls (laughs) we need to associate with better folks (laughs) the thing too with this movie is like you you look at uh let's say take for instance friday the 13th in the late 80s, early 90s, like part seven, part eight, maybe part nine, but certainly part seven and eight, they gutted those movies as far as the gore because they, they were coming down hard on slasher movies at the time, so they cut a lot of stuff out of it. But you can watch those movies, and they're still entertaining on, you know, on whatever level. Without the gore, they would have been better with the gore, but there's still, you know, there's still something there, even without the gore. Whereas you take a look at this movie and some of the other ones that came out in the early 2000s, late 90s, without the gore, this movie is, I mean, if it had had more gore, at least, like you said, there would be something maybe a little bit more interesting or worth watching it for. But without it, it just was totally I, yeah, I boring. Think, I think this movie had two things working against it. Number one, like you said, the gore, just, you know, not gory, almost none whatsoever. I mean, there's a little bit, but not much. And number yeah. two, and number two, just the fact that you didn't care about these characters. You just didn't mm-hmm. care. I mean, even some, a lot of those good slashers from the 80s, there's always at least one or two people that you care. You want to see them... Uh, win in the survive. end. You want to see them survive, and you want to see the guy or girl that's doing the killing. Usually, it's guys. You want to see that person die or get arrested or whatever, right? You want to see them lose. And in this one, you're almost pulling for the guy the entire time. You know, in a lot of ways, like, <laughs> yeah, get them, get them. They all suck, anyways. Get them. <laughs> they treated you like shit. You're right, man. And you knew it was that guy, right? It was just a matter of what shape yeah. does this guy take. You know, like which which guy is it? You know, it's one of these fuckers. Which one? <laughs> I guess they do. Do you think they got? Do you think they got halfway through filming and they just drew a short straw? All right, at you, uh, David Boreanaz, at you. Oh, oh, oh shit! All right. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know if they did a good enough job to uh, uh, really hold the mystery either. Yeah, it's a mystery, you know, as far as, like, we're not going to reveal who the killer is, but you know it's one of these guys, right? <laughs> it's not going to be like, they're going to pull off a mask and it's some dorky-looking dude. Like, no, it has to be one of these guys that's in the movie because that's just the way these movies work. <laughs> so apparently he gets, I guess the the premise is, is he uh, grew up and uh, got a, like they, I can't, they, I guess they kind of said in the movie, like he got a facelift or whatever, like some plastic surgery yeah, and, just, and worked out. Yeah. Like, I guess that's basically what happened. Right? <laughs> and didn't move on. So what's the whole alcoholism thing? Is that just because like, uh, um, he's, he's got like a clever ruse going on. Like, well, he got in close with her and he's drinking because like, um, he doesn't want to kill her. Maybe I guess that's the backstory there. Who knows? <laughs> I like, think in yeah, your previous statement. I guess it's fine. Sure. I think in your previous statement, you could just chopped off the back end of that. Yeah. Uh, they, they really didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think at that point they were just like, let's just finish this fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and get it the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was one thing that I wanted to point out when I was just looking at the notes that we took there. Uh, how does Kate get the incident report on Jeremy Melton? Did you notice? Like, it's not just like she looks something up online. And by the way, like early 2000s internet is awesome, right? It just says interlink. And like she puts in, <laughs> she puts in <laughs> Jeremy Melton and like no search results. Uh, but then she's got a folder <laughs> right beside her as, after she looked at that. She's got a folder that's got all the fucking information about the incident that happened back in middle school. And it's even got like the original signature on it, too, if you notice. Like. It's not like some printout that she could have got down at the, you know, police station. Like, she's got the actual fucking incident report from middle school about some kid being a grab ass. Like, how would she get that? And why would you just have that sitting around waiting for this moment? Maybe that's another uh, 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 deleted scene or something. <laughs> there was some scene of her going down to the police station and, hey, can I get that report? Yeah, sure. Here you go. Um, Thanks, let's go. <laughs> there was uh, Dorothy's, uh, what was it? Uh, what was his name? Like, Chad or... I don't fucking know what his uh, name is. Oh, God. Uh, what was that? I even wrote it down. What Cortland? I don't fucking know. Cortland. No, that was close. Campbell. Campbell. That's what it was. It was Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, that was his name. You weren't too uh, far off. Well, no. He was like, uh, when when he went down to the basement, he looked at the uh, the water heater. <laughs> he, looked, he looked at the water heater, saw the matches, and then he bends down and then reaches for the fucking <laughs> matches. I was like, you fucking dumbass. What kind of dumbass? Does that just looks at the matches, then bends down and then reaches for him, <laughs> like reaches back up for him. Got got guys named Campbell. That's who. And then <laughs> and then the other guy at that party that just uh, takes uh, Paige upstairs, and, <laughs> and then just drops trousers. Well, wax it. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. And the whole thing was just yeah, that up. might be the best. That might be the best part of the movie. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Wax it. Get on it. <laughs> I like that whole that whole scene though. Like she go she goes upstairs with this guy pretty willingly, right? It's not like he like grabbed her by the hair and uh, pulled her up the stairs caveman style. Like she went up there willingly, and then as soon as they get in there, she just wants to uh, you know fuck with him. Like what is that? You know. <laughs> well, I guess because you know he, he's instantly a douche, but still, like it's just she was a douche too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Then speaking of the yeah. part, speaking of the party, it fucking cleared out quick, right? When the power went out, right? How many? Yeah, douche them goes both ways. How many parties have you been to that cleared out that fucking fast? Like, 
Not power. even when the cops show up, does it clear out that fast? No, no, it's like power's out. All right, see ya. Everybody's like fucking gone. <laughs> like there's, there's not even that much stuff like laying around. It was just like lights out, we out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so many good lines like "Don't be mad, it's Valentine's Day." That mm-hmm. like, it, it just, I say good lines. No, no, it's bad. <laughs> All of it's bad. That other one, uh, she, you know, she's talking about um, uh, what's his fucking name? Who gave this shit? He says, um, "Campbell." Uh, he's no guy? angel. Oh <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. About I, that I think it was that guy. TV yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, a not so subtle hint there. Mm. Um, what's up with the nosebleeds, by the way? Like, <laughs> Adam, the main killer or whatever, you know, whatever. I had actually read uh, somewhere where uh, Jamie Blanks was, I guess, inspired, I don't know, by uh, Alone in the Dark from uh, 1982. You know, the killer had uh, nosebleeds, but it it's never explained. It's just uh, the only thing that you see uh, when they're when they're kids at that, you know, dance, uh, when, you know, at the school, I guess, after... Uh, was it Dorothy uh, accuses him of, you know, touching her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, his nose starts to bleed, and then they pour that shit on him. And then, you know, just <laughs> fucking strip him down, just like, whatever. Do you, do you <laughs> smoke, do you remember that movie, Alone in the Dark, that with the nosebleed thing? Yeah, yeah, that, but I haven't seen it in a while. And they tried to do I think they did a remake of it, right? Uh, or at least there was another well, alone in the dark. Now, I think that, <laughs> I, I don't know if that was a remake or not. I think that might have had something to do with the video game. Because I know there was a Alone in the Dark video game. There was. It came out at some point in the and, 90s. Um, there was a uh, the movie based on the video game with uh, Christian Slater. But that was the other thing, too. was just like, just one more thing in this movie was like, uh, she was a medical student, right? The begin- it was near the beginning after she left, uh, <laughs> was hit on whatever the bar and left and went back and started to like cut on the cadaver. Yeah. She did throw some gloves on She's just like no lab coat, just like gonna start cutting on this body and everything. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> she's like, she yeah. just walks up with what college female is not gonna care about getting you know <laughs> whatever juice, body juice squirting on her yeah, from yeah. this uh, daver or whatever. No, That's right. Know. Yeah, it could be filled with gas and. <laughs> <laughs> she just, she just walks up with a scalpel, like all right, a third metacarpal, yeah. some horse shit, you know, line they fed her, like all right. <laughs> The thoracic nerve here, and, and then, like, you know, that's when she hears something in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the thing with that is, like, I had read somewhere else that, uh, like, even that, like, whatever they fed her, it was wrong. Yeah. Well, I could, yeah, I could guess that. It just sounded like horse. <laughs> it sounded like, freq- it sounded like frequency limiter horse shit, is what it sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, not like my favorite part of this movie for me was uh, when the girl needed to wash her hair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she shoved her head in the damn toilet. Now, if you're in this scenario, oh fuck, I can't find anywhere. Wouldn't you get the water out of the tank and not the fucking turd bowl? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you would think so. You would think you would think so. Yeah, but you know. Or how about how about at that point, just leave it in and go somewhere else? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you can't do that. She's got to be somewhere in 30 minutes. And then if she flushes her hair, then she's... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been something awesome and entertaining if that had happened. Like she leans over and accidentally flushes herself. Oh! And then <laughs> and then the killer comes in and slits her throat, you know. Uh, but see, that had already happened in train spotting. Mm. <laughs> 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 what do y'all think uh, was the best kill? I mean, if I had to pick one, it'd be the hot tub. No, now that one didn't make any damn sense to me. 
Like, well, I mean, was it? He tossed her in, and you then closed the it. lid, and then starts drilling holes into it for what I don't know. But also, something else about that is like, where the hell did that uh, lid come from? The the plexiglass lid or whatever. Them damn things are heavy. <laughs> I didn't notice. I guess it was just sitting there, right? Like, I mean, was it? I guess it must have been. I mean, I doubt <laughs> what makes sense out of this fucking nothing, movie? nothing. <laughs> Not much, but that one made the least amount of sense as far as, like, you're trying to kill someone. This made no sense. Like, okay, ah, you dumb bitch. Throw her in there. Closes the thing. You could have just walked away, bro. Like, you know, that's it. That's all you got to do. She's in there. What's she going to do? Yeah, she's going to fucking, you know, she'll either drown or uh, she'll run out of air and probably drink. Either way, she's drowning, right? Yeah. And then eventually her body's going to bake in the hot tub, which it did. Right, because later on you get that quick clip of her like bloated corpse, like you know. It's like, but <laughs> I, <laughs> it got bloated in about five minutes. I don't know what the drill yeah, had to do right? with any of it, unless they're just trying to copy some, you know, some other movies, right? The, like Slumber Party Massacre or whatever the hell they use the drill and. Yeah, like none of the none of the and to me, like none of the kills were exceptionally well done. So I mean, I'm gonna say for myself, I think the one that was halfway decent was the shower. I mean, it could have obviously could have been done better in in regards to a horror movie, but I thought ah. the, the, you know it busted the shower and then like grabbed her head and stuck it on the little jagged glass. That was that's a good point. That yeah, was a pretty know. fucked up one, but I forgot about that one. Having way more gore in that scene right there. Well, I think well, my favorite one was uh, back at the school when they were all kids. You man. remember that death scene? Um, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, they 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 murdered that child's self confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the best one. Yeah. That was, I will say that's more cruel and long and drawn out. Yes. <laughs> they, they fucked that guy's life over that day. <laughs> so I guess if you're, if you're into the long con, then yes, that's the word. That's the best. Kill. <laughs> and I mean, I guess, I guess all these kids knew that, you know, Hey, you want to dance? Meant something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else uh, before we get into it? I, I guess that, that I've about drained myself dry of all my thoughts here, <laughs> and I think you're. I think you've uh, come to the realization of where we're going to land on this movie with the star rating. So, uh, five stars we, <laughs> across the board, better than Jaws. <laughs> Maybe total. <laughs> it might be a stretch. You heard the movie Jaws? Well, throw that movie in the garbage. You need to be watching Valentine. That's what you need to watch. Yeah. All this time, we've we've missed the best one. It's all been leading up to this. We can just go ahead and stop after this. We don't need to do this <laughs> podcast anymore. This is it. This is the <laughs> this is the pinnacle. All right, so I guess we'll go ahead and get into it then. Uh, uh, Donnie, what was your uh, star rating and thoughts on this one? Well, you know, I, I did mention that, um, you know, this is a first watch for me. Uh will definitely be the last. Um, there's not really much to like uh, from this one. Um even Denise Richards still, you know, kind of a basically trash overall. So despite some unintentionally funny spots, uh, dialogue was awful. You know, delivery of dialogue. You say the whole cast was kind of stupid. It, my star rating is pretty easy. It's uh, a full star. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, lofty praise. <laughs> uh, Will, what do you say? Uh, yeah, I'm right there with Donnie. There's there's not a lot to look back on fondly. Maybe the aesthetic of of the way it was shot was nice. 
I'm trying to get the straws to talk about anything positive in this movie. The, the credits, eh, they weren't too bad. Opening credits. <laughs> it did end. So, you know. <laughs> it, had a, it had a proper ending, as in it ended. Did it? <laughs> there was the, still alive. There was the uh, question mark basically at the end. They might as well have, right? So are you going you going with a one like Donnie yeah, did? Yeah, I'm going with a one. All right, Professor, what do you say? Mm, well, it's it's not any better for me than it was for uh, Donnie or Will. The only thing I'm trying to think of now at the moment is uh, what I actually gave to Curse of La Llorona. Because I can't remember. Well, I, I now that you mention it, I have it right here in front of me. You gave that one star. Yeah, see, okay, then. <laughs> I was right on the same page with Donnie and with Will, but also I wanted to make sure that I did not give this movie <laughs> any higher, any more uh, than Curse of La Llorona, because it falls right in that. That's kind of the bar for me when it comes to, I mean, there's some worse. I don't know. I might have given something a half star. I don't remember it really, but uh, yeah, into this the, is. That was called Into the, the Dark into the dark Crawlers. That's what you, <laughs> yeah, okay, ha- half a star. Yeah. That's it. There, there's the line. That's the bar right there. Yeah. <laughs> can't get any worse than that, Arvin. Uh, another thing is, I don't remember what I gave Home Sweet Home, but I would rather watch Home Sweet Home again. <laughs> Probably didn't watch Valentine again. Dude, I, I gotta be <laughs> honest with you, I, I hated that movie and it was stupid, but I, I might have to agree with you there. Like, it was, uh, yeah. There, you, there was at least stuff you could laugh at in that movie. Yeah, at least laugh at, least, at along yeah. with or whatever. Home Sweet Home, you gave that one and a half. I gave, okay, so, yeah, okay, then. Good, and I'm, I'm on the same page with myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's not many redeeming qualities of this movie. Uh, I agree with Donnie and with Will. I'm going to go with uh, with one full star myself. Well, I guess I'm going to complete the uh, star rating with a one. I, I can't go any higher or lower than that. Well, I mean, I guess I could go lower, but to me it compares more favorably, just for myself, to House of Wax. I would, as, as bad as that was, and I didn't like that either, I think I would rather watch House of Wax again than this one. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree. And I gave House of Wax one and a half. So I'm just going to go with one just to, you know, complete the circle here. We all <laughs> we all gave it a flat one. That is not the, you know, and that, of course, that's the consensus score. That's not the lowest consensus score, though. That still belongs to Into the Dark Crawlers with a consensus of 0.63 oh, on the old scale. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's going to be hard, hard pushing to get to beat that one. Although Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter came pretty close. It was still below a one, but... Now, that still belongs to Crawlers, even with a, a Valentine under our belt. Yeah, I mean, like, I, what more do we really do? I really need to add to that? Like, you know, you don't care about the characters. You, you want them to die. The one you kind of care about, like, okay, she survived great. Whoopee. The dialogue is is, is, is bad. It's, it's fucking vapid. There's a bunch of airheads running around this damn movie. Um, so you just, you just don't care. And I think that's one of the main components of a horror movie in my mind, especially a slasher is you have to care about somebody or at least care about the guy that's doing it to go down or something like that. And you don't get either of that in this. You're like, you're pulling for the guy to just, yeah, just murder everybody. They're all horrible. There you go. Uh, one across the board. So, uh, Donnie, I guess I'll toss to you first. Connections. Connections. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. So, um, yeah, the um, what was it Valentine? Yeah, I forgot what fucking movie we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, so yeah, on the cast side. Well, what we if you're just joining us uh, with this, what we do with uh, uh, the Crypt Connections is we connect the current movies, um, cast or crew with uh, uh, previous episodes of uh, 
uh, the Spook Show. So with the cast side, um, we do have one connection. It's C. Ernst Harth. Uh, you may not recognize his name, but you would definitely uh, know his face uh, if you saw it. Um, but he was he, he played a giant baby in uh, uh, Trick or Treat, which was our episode number two. Um, and he was also in uh, Valentine. I forget what fucking role he was. I probably didn't give a shit. But uh, the only crew connection I have uh, was Bruce Berman, uh, producer uh, for Josh's favorite, House of Wax. Mm. That was our episode number 38. Compared to this, that is my favorite. Mm. <laughs> what the hell was Giant Baby? And it was a giant baby, and, and uh, I, uh, was it, was it trick, trick or treat? treat? I don't remember that. I mean, I, it's been a while since we I think watched. it was in the uh, in the swamp. Yeah, I, I need to go back and watch background character number three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must have been because I do not recall that. Will that naturally uh, floats us over to you? All right, so uh, I came up with nine. Uh, you got uh, Shelly with her throat slit, Lily with the uh, three arrows to the stomach, and then a, I don't know, 60-foot fall into a trash dumpster. Yeah. By the way, they uh, never found her, right? Like they ne- I don't no. think so. She's still in that... She she's show up. No, they did, that because what, wasn't that the girl was supposed to be moving to L.A. or something? Yeah, yeah. but that, they eventually discovered that she never showed up, but they never... They put two and two okay. together, she's dead, but, I, you know, it doesn't matter. Who cares? I'm just saying, she's still in that landfill <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. I mean, of, of, the, of the, the the two deaths that, you know, you, you wouldn't think people would notice, how did they find the girl in the body bag? Yeah, because that's kind of what got all this started, right? Because, like, she's she gets murdered, and then, like, that's where the detective shows up at the funeral. It was her funeral, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess they're going through, like, fixing the bodies. Yeah, regardless. Anyway. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we've, put, we've put too much thought into this already. Just move it along. Uh, Gary got uh, beat to death with an iron mm. while while it was hot. I don't know why it had now, to be hot. Appa- I saw apparently the original cut. By the way, like they showed him getting like uh, hit with that iron like twelve times in the original cut. Oh. <laughs> they ended up pulling back and like you know it was only two or three or whatever, but it was supposed to be more brutal. <laughs> Millie, I mean you don't see her get killed, but you see her body get dragged out of its hiding place. Ruthie gets her head impaled on the glass. Paige is electrocuted after being drilled once in the what the arm uh yeah uh, she just gets like yeah. nicked in the arm and then electrocuted and then boiled Could, couldn't break through that uh that plexiglass that you could see bouncing up and down <laughs> yep. uh detective vaughn had his head chopped off once again would have been nice uh, to, in the context of gore and a horror movie would have been oh, nice yeah. to see <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Dorothy getting shot 87 million times. Uh, <laughs> right there at the end. Good riddance to them all. So, <laughs> Smoke, that leads us to you. Gore score. Uh, well, we've already alluded to it. It's pretty much next to non-existent as far as actual gore. I mean... There's enough kills in the movie. We've we've already said they they, they pretty probably chopped up most of it because of the uh, was going on at the time. You know, as far as the violence and gore, they decided to excise a lot of it, and that's that's a sad fact. I would at least like to have seen the uncut version on DVD. I mean, you think they would have put it out uncut when they first released the DVD, uh, but no such luck. So uh, as it stands now, I guess three. Uh, 
and probably the goriest one was like you said, uh, Josh, your favorite kill behind mine too was the uh, the shower shard shard of glass scene. But even that was not as bloody as it could have been. Yeah, that was muted. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. You could definitely tell they had to chop some of that down, tone it down, or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the three on unfortunately on the gore score. Would like to see more, but yeah. All right, well, I guess that pretty much wraps it up for old Valentine here. So uh, thanks for uh, celebrating Valentine's Day with us in the worst possible way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we'd like to apologize. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> much no, like no, no, they picked this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we can apologize. We can apologize, you know, nonetheless. Just like the director of the movie apologized for its creation, so <laughs> we'll follow suit, but. Like we mentioned off the top, next week will be our first uh, episode of the Cult Corner series. And the first cult movie that was selected uh, by you, the listeners, over on our various polls and whatnot, was The Warriors from 1979. So uh, I'll read the brief synopsis here from IMDb. In the near future, a charismatic leader summons the street gangs of New York City in a bid to take over. When he is killed, the Warriors are falsely blamed and now must fight their way home while every other gang is hunting them down. Um, really, that kind of uh, summarizes the movie really well, actually. You don't need to listen to us talk about it. Yeah. There you go. There's the whole movie right there. But, uh, yeah, definitely a classic, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that next week, so you don't want to miss a thing. So uh, come back for that. And, uh, of course, you know, as always, uh, every Wednesday night on YouTube, Deadline Horror News Live, B- uh, bonus video minisodes over on Patreon. We've got bonus episodes coming at you, Spook Show Rewinds, Crapster Peace Theater eventually sometime later this month or next month. Uh, lots of cool stuff lined up, and we've actually got a couple other things that we've been discussing uh, a little bit there, so you, you never know. Those might those other ideas might pop up sooner or later, but we'll, we'll see. But pl- plenty of things going on in the Spook Show universe, so you don't want to miss a thing. Come, come join us over on Patreon.com slash Show, and then stay right here on the podcast feed. So... For Will, for Donnie, the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast, and we will talk to you next week for our first Cult Corner.